All right, everybody, welcome back to Deep and Wide Podcast. I am Pat Walter, and I am your host. This week, we are going to talk about a very important subject about why am I walking away from religion? What does that mean? And where do we go from here? So uh, please, if you have some time, check us out on Instagram at Deep, the letter N, Wide Podcast, or my personal one, Pastor underscore PW, and like and subscribe or follow or whatever the cool lingo is. Check out this quick promo for my friend's business. Not paid for, just want to support some friends during the holidays, and then we will jump right back into the good stuff. All right, all you shoppers out there, I want to give you guys um, a small business that you should consider supporting. Uh, These are friends of ours. We served in ministry with them back when we were in Washington, and they're over in California right now um, helping some friends at a church. Uh, But they have their own small business and an Etsy shop and a pretty dope Instagram account that I want you guys to check out. But if you're supporting small business and you like cool, unique stuff, uh, check them out. So they make everything from like handmade wood signs, custom bed frames, benches, desks, shelving, and so much more. Check out their Instagram at j.p.craft or at Etsy, etsy.com backslash shop backslash jpcraft by Justin. And this is a husband-wife duo, Justin and Lena, good friends of ours. And they just released a new Peace on Earth Christmas collection. And uh, they even threw in, if you purchase that from that collection, which is going to be a sign, uh, again, for Christmas-inspired type of sign, uh, you will receive a free gift tag that says Peace on Earth. And they're even throwing in 10% off if you use the promo code DEEP and WIDE, all capital, DEEP and WIDE 10. And they'll give you 10% off any order. But I'm serious. If, if you don't know what to get somebody or you really love those Christmas signs to just make it even more special of a Christmas. Check them out. Good friends, small businesses, believers, and friends. So nothing more. So go support them. Check it out. All right. So what do I mean that we're going to be walking away from religion? And honestly, obviously, I think some people will kind of know what I'm talking about. And I think other people will probably be offended by what I'm talking about. And if you are offended by what I'm talking about, then you probably need to listen the most because you probably need to walk away from religion too. Um, I don't know if this is going to ruffle feathers, but I'm just kind of at a point in my life where I just don't really care a whole lot. So um, here's what I mean about walking away from religion. So religion to most people and around the world um, is kind of designed around performance. Um, and what what I mean by that is basically if you do good, then with whatever said deity you serve— you will be good, you will be okay, and you will be in right graces. So take, for example, uh, I recently had a teenager ask me, you know, the difference between Catholicism and Christianity. Um, Honestly, we didn't have the time to kind of get into a deep conversation, so I laughed and I said, hey, man, (laughs) we got five minutes till I get to your house. Uh, I I don't think I can give you a full-blown difference breakdown in that five minutes, but I said the most basic fundamental difference is in Catholicism, it's based on rituals, good deeds, uh, penance, like all these types of things. Christianity, it basically sums up as apart from the grace of God, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ and submitting your life to him, 
you have no real hope. So it doesn't matter how good you think you are. It all comes down to Jesus. Um, but the thing is, if you look at most religions around the world, whether it's Hinduism, um, all uh, Buddhism, uh, spirituality, you know, um, yeah, I mean, just go down the list, and and oh, I was thinking Islam. That's what I was trying to say. Islam, and again, the majority of them are based on like, if you are good, then you are good with God. Like, if you have a certain morality, and again, I covered this in morality's overrated um, series, but that's kind of what it is. And so, a religion is in many ways like you pick a particular god or religion or belief system, and you serve according to their rules or their book or their sayings or their you know, profit, and you do as you're told. And so what we what happens is you start valuing the good works and being good, and that is what, again, whether it makes you right with God now or gets you into heaven or paradise, what, again, whatever religion it is ends up kind of in a different place. And then we kind of form our measurement, like, am I a good person? Am I not a good person? Based on, you know, said book, whether it's, you know, Book of Mormon, Book of Islam, sayings of Buddha. I mean, you can say Confucius. I mean, literally, like, we can find forms of morality. And then, but the thing is, like, it it also seeps into Christianity. I mean, that's kind of what I think the Paul, one of Paul's greatest battles in the New Testament wasn't just a people, it was, it was the Judaizers opposing, opposing the gospel, not the Gentiles, right? It was the ones who were coming in and saying, okay, yes, believe in Jesus, but what we want to do is add circumcision, or we want to add following the laws or rules of Moses, we want to add in uh, attending the synagogue, and we start to add things to Jesus, basically. And so it's really easy. And then in Christianity, especially the American church, um, you know, we add in so much more. So we talk about being in good graces with God based on, you know, are you a church attendance? Are you a tither? Are you a giver? Do you serve, you know, uh, in, in, in volunteer in some capacity? Uh, do you dress a certain way? Do you talk a certain way? Do you speak Christianese? Uh, do you dress nice? Um, are you a good person? Do you not cuss? And again, you can get all the way down. Do you not cuss? Do you not drink? Do you not smoke? Do you not this? And we really get in, and based on like the, your answer to those things is how good of a Christian you are, and that's part of like our piety. You know, oh man, so and so looks good. They talk good. Um, I can even tell you, like in my own life, I have looked at people um, in ministry and literally judged it based on man. They, they dress a certain way, they talk a certain way, they act a certain way. They seem like they're a good Christian, right? From on the outward looking in, they fit this Christian box that, uh, you know, we, we know of. And that's like, I, I wish we could just acknowledge how true that is. Um, and even for me, and, and I've said this before from the pulpit, I, I think I even said it this last Sunday at Grace City, is I have been that religious person in my walk with God. I have been that self-righteous dude who just is like, man, I I know I am a good Christian. 
I mean, uh, if you want to talk about faithful church attendance and how much I serve and how much I give and, you know, I can say all the right things. I know the Bible and I know theology and I know apologetics and I know all these things and I look a certain way and act a certain way like I am a really good Christian. And I just don't understand why other people can't get their life together and serve God like I do. Literally, these are things that I've thought. Um, and these are things that I've said to myself in my heart. And you look back and you're like, oh my God, like I was this arrogant, self-righteous prick, um, (laughs) which I probably was. And I had very little grace for people and I had even, even less grace for myself. You know, like I was measured, I was measuring how good of a Christian and follower I was about that. And I've just been on this like really crazy journey with God, Um, over the last few years of just like, in many ways, that doesn't really matter. Um, You know, and obviously people are going to disagree. Like, yes, it matters. And and when I say it doesn't matter, I'm not saying that it matters like zero at all. I'm just saying it matters little. You know, sometimes I, 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 these are the things that I picture in my mind is God is up in heaven and he's looking at my life and he's like, oh my God, Pat, you have been 52 out of 52 Sundays to church. I'm just so proud of you, man. Like you are amazing by your church attendance and you even read your Bible every day. You did devos and you never missed a tithe payment. Oh my gosh, Pat, you are certainly my favorite son. <laughs> and, I, and I don't mean to laugh because it's like, man, I have three kids and uh, I think about my kids and I'm like, I, I could just imagine looking at them like, oh my God, you guys are just like, you are so perfect and you are so good. I just love you so much more because of that. Um, and then, oh, you know, you kid over here who just can't seem to figure it out, who can't seem to be, you know, uh, do the right thing and say the right thing and be in the right place. I just love you less. You're just, you know what? You're, you're just not as privileged and highly favored as the other two. Like, man, it just really sucks to be you. Um I hope you get your stuff together so that I can love you more. (laughs) But the thing is, like, God is nothing like that. Um, God portrays himself as father. It's not something that we thought up about God. God revealed himself as father. And I, I just don't view him that way. Like, um, I, and I don't think he reveals himself in that way. And I'm not saying that we should go live a sinless life. Again, you can say Romans 6 uh, in the book of Romans. Like, may it, may it never be. Like, don't go out and sin willfully just be, because of the God, grace of God. But at the same time, it's like your your goodness doesn't change. Like, listen, you can never be more righteous than the life of Jesus, and his righteousness is imputed to you. You can't be more righteous. Yes, we should live holy, blameless lives here on earth. But again, it, it's it's a religious mindset. So when I say I'm breaking away, is what what I'm trying to do is like I'm trying to figure out what what does God care about. What does God care about? And then my second question is, is that what we care about? I don't know how honest you guys want to be with yourselves or how much you just fall in love with what the way that you serve God. But one of the things that my journey of the last few years have been is like, does does God love our Sunday morning church service? Again, it's not church. It's church. It's a service in which we call church. Does he care about that as much as we do? And I'm not hounding just the service. Does he care about our pious deeds as much as we do? Or do we really care about what he cares about? 
You know, one of the things that I think about a lot when in the book of James, where it actually talks about works, let me show you my faith by my works, is he says true and undefiled religion is caring for widows and orphans. Right, so I'm going to care for the one who who doesn't normally care for themselves. So a widow in that time couldn't really care for herself where, and an orphan was even worse in those times. So he says, I am going to care, or, or true and undefiled religion is caring for those who cannot care for themselves. Then he, and, and in the Old Testament, if you look at the refugee, those who are, are fleeing from certain countries or wars or things, he says, accept and bring in the refugee. And then you see all these um, depictions of Jesus in his Beatitudes where he's talking about, um, you know, in the parables and, and really talking about outcasts. He said, listen, th- those who I originally um, invited to the banquet feast, and again, we can say Judaism, and the Jews, and we invite them in. He's like, hey, go to the Gentiles. But he's like, go to the very utter regions where, where people don't even wouldn't even consider being invited. I want them. I want the outcast. Jesus, the woman at the well, the outcast, Mary Magdalene, the prostitute. And, I mean, listen, everybody that Jesus invited closer, almost every parable he talked about, it was for those who were the most rejected is who he was inviting. And he was the harshest to the self-righteous and to the rich. That's who he was hard on, to the person who felt like they didn't need him and who was good and who was pious. Like, look at the rich young ruler. The very thing he says is, hey, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? He's like, hey, uh, you know, f- follow the rules. Follow what are the Ten Commandments? Hey, I've, I, man, I've kept those for my youth. Oh, okay, good. Well, hey, go and sell everything and give it to the poor. Uh, man, I, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can put my neighbor and their needs above myself. You see, that that's the truth, is what God cares about is the widows, the orphans, the refugees, the outcasts, the poor, the broken, the healthy. And I'm not even talking about just the literal poor. Best, blessed are the poor in spirit. I even preached this Sunday um, about, about what, what does it mean to be blessed and walk in blessings. Check it out, Grace City, Vegas. Uh, it's on most podcasts. But, but listen, the, the point is, is who Jesus and what God cares about isn't the things that we measure it. In, in Luke chapter 6 is what I preached out of, and, I, and it said, Blessed are the poor, for you will be filled. Not today, not now, not this moment, but in the next life, which is what really matters. And then at the very end, at the ve- couple of verses later, he says, Woe to you who are filled, because you basically, hey, you, you've already received your blessing now, so you need to be careful about the blessing in the future. But listen, religion is like, man... I am blessed because I am good. But I'm going to tell you what, man, the, the more I fall, follow Jesus and, and do my best to walk according to his way, like his blessings are not based on my ability to be good because I'm going to tell you right now I can't be. Like the amount of times that I recognize that I'm in the flesh and my thoughts and my hearts and my deeds and the way people frustrate the snot out of me or the, or the ways that I just don't do all the things that I, I want to do or think I should do. I mean, the, the reality of Romans 7 is is very real in my life. The very thing I don't want to do, I do. Um, and sometimes, it, like, I call myself a hot mess because in my heart, I'm like, man, I, I, I really want to follow Jesus better and I really want to uh, think certain ways about people, but I don't always feel that way. But here's what I found to be true. Even in the midst of being a not quote unquote good Christian, 
God's grace and love and spirit is still near and present. So that shows me it's not based on my ability to be good. Because if it was based on my ability to be good, then I wouldn't need Jesus. I recognize my desperate need for him more and more every day. And that I need the gospel of Jesus Christ more every day. And that we really just complicate Christianity and we make it about rules and we make it about services and we make it about giving and we make it about this. One one of the things that I find really interesting in Scripture, I'm going to try to pull it up really quick in my Bibles. In in the book of Romans 15, I'm sorry, not Romans, Acts 15, I found this uh, to be interesting is as... Um, I was kind of on this journey. It started by kind of wandering away from religion, but I found this this scripture in Romans. Gosh, sorry, not Romans. We're studying the book of Romans in our small group, so I've been in Romans. Um, In the book of Acts, chapter 15, what we see is, is the Jerusalem Council. So the Apostle Paul is basically going to Jerusalem to meet uh, Peter, James, and John, and he's saying, hey, this is what I've been teaching the Gentiles. Is is it right? Is it cool with you? Um, as I've refuted other people, and um, this is this is what he says. So this is the council letter to the Gentiles. So after they've talked, and then they come together and say, "Hey, it seems good to us and the Holy Spirit that this is what you should send." So they send a letter to the Gentile believers that is stamped with them. So knowing that it comes from the the Jerusalem council to the Gentiles. And it says, Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders. This is uh, Acts 15, verse 22 is where I'm starting. With the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brothers with the following letter. So here's the letter. The brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers who were of the Gentiles and Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. Greetings. Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words, unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instructions, it has seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth. So he's giving them some context, and then he goes on to say this. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols, from blood, and from what has been strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these... You will do well. Farewell. That's it. Hey, I am sending a letter to the Gentile believers from the church in Jerusalem that you have heard all these teachings that are confusing you. And let me just clarify some things. Hey, don't eat meat, sacrifice the idols and the blood that are strangled again. This is a so it was a a common practice in uh, Greek culture, Greco-Roman culture, to have idol, uh, sacrifice these animals and strangle them and kill them and mutilate them um, as a sacrifice to Greek false gods. They're saying, hey, don't eat that meat, don't partake in that, and abstain from sexual immorality. So all of the nymphs outside of the temples don't have sex with them, all of the sexual immorality that goes with the Greco-Roman culture because it was prevalent everywhere to like the the different sexual perversions that existed there is nothing new in our day existed in the Greco-Roman day. I said, "Hey, uh, abstain from like ad- idolatry basically and sexual immorality and you will do well." Period. Farewell. Have a good day. 
Good job. You're going to do okay. Listen, that is what the leaders of the church in Jerusalem sent to the believers in Antioch and Cilicia and uh, and other countries as what to do with your Christianity. What we do is we complicate it. If you look at half of the books and of the stuff that the Apostle Paul wrote to the churches in in the Greco-Roman culture, half of them were just refuting all of the added stuff the Jews were putting on them. The other part is like, hey guys, now that you're Christians, there's just some certain things you don't do anymore. Like, hey, guy in in Corinth, stop sleeping with your mother-in-law. That's not okay. We're going to put you out of the church for a little bit, and we're going to exercise some discipline. But everything comes back to how do we live in one accord with one another? How do we live in unity? How do we love each other? And how do we take care of the people who can't take care of themselves? Because we're going to take care of each other. And then what we do is we go and complicate it, and we make it about services, and we do, and we make it about um, our piety and our own self-righteousness. And, and, and in some ways, we've ended up right back to where we were. And I just want to bring one clarifying thought, is how we live matters, but not in the way that we think it does. We have just complicated things. And so my walking away from religion is just serving God with all of my heart. My prayers, I can fall in love with him more deeply and that he can radically transform all of the issues inside of my heart, but without adding all the extra to it, without adding to it. And so this is, this is my challenge to you. This is the thought is, um, where, where, where are you at in your walk, right? No, nobody ever likes to be told that they're self-righteous. Nobody ever likes to be told that they're proud or arrogant or, you know, but I think for some people, it's not even about telling them that. For some people, it's just setting them free. Setting us free from religion, setting us free from our own expectations that we put on ourselves, setting us free from the expectation man puts on us. Um, because the question I keep coming back to over and over and over again in my mind is, what does God care about? And do I care about that? What does God really, again, and, and you don't even have to take my word for it. I hope you don't. I hope that you go back into the New Testament and you search that thing left and right and up and down. And you ask that question, what does God care about? And ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you and, and, and to show you what Scripture says that he cares about. And then that's what you find yourself caring about. We should care about what God cares about. And God cares about the broken and the widow and the orphan and those who are destitute. He cares about the prostitute. He cares about those who are seeped in sin. He cares about the addicted. And he cares about the self-righteous. It's just the self-righteous don't listen. They're not broken enough to recognize their need for him. So here's the question is, what does God care about? And is that what you care about? I surely, surely hope it is. Um, Again, I want to thank you guys for supporting us along the way. Um, I jumped to a new platform on um, Buzzsprout. Uh, if it's in your heart and you can financially, I would appreciate any support. I would like to update some of the podcast stuff and just kind of keep this thing going. It does cost money to uh, host the podcast and to upload them and to do all this stuff. So uh, if it's in your heart, you can click right there. There's a little cash app spot and it goes directly uh, to, to the podcast. 
Or if you'd like to check out ResoluteMinistries.org, this is one of the couple of ministries that I'm involved in. CasaDeLuzLV.com is the ministry that I run in Las Vegas as the executive director. Uh, Resolute is, uh, again, we take care of widows and orphans in Kenya. We have missionaries who are on the ground in Belize who uh, are doing their best to love people and live the long game amongst them. I'm super proud of them. Um, Support them. Again, check out Justin and Alina's uh, page. And again, you can follow us on Instagram if you want or Facebook. I appreciate you guys. And uh, this is Pat Walter from Deep and Wide Podcast signing out.